630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Here we go. Hour number two, Inside Sports. Dave Campbell and for Reed, Reed Wilkins tonight. I'll be in the big chair tomorrow. And then on Monday, Reed will make his return. Will the Edmonton Eskimos be 8-1? Or will they be 7-2? and two? We got a big game coming up. Oh, don't we, Kevin Carius? Will they have any players left? <laughs> That's a good question. Better, better question, probably. Thanks for coming down again. Yeah, just got into the big chair. Yeah, absolutely. How was uh, how was the day so far for you? You know what? We had a really good little story. Uh, Jack Haskins did it on uh, um, brother and sister from Gull Lake, mm-hmm. so just outside of town. So he he got a the eleven and ten, I think. I hope I'm right. He gets a hole in one. Mm-hmm. And then he's the youngest guy on the course to get a hole-in-one. And then five days later, she gets a hole-in-one. What the heck? So There's been these, these, been weird, huh? these stories have come up this, this yeah. golf season of, you know, just hole-in-ones happening everywhere, yeah. it seems like. But that's a great story. You know, is, yeah. Like he, so he had the, the record for the youngest for five days. Wow. Yeah. Five days. Well, I wonder if he's giving his sister the stink oh, eye now. I, I think he was. There, <laughs> was, there wasn't a shot of that. I think he was had to be supportive <laughs> because she was supportive of his. Uh, I think, if I get it correctly, they were golfing together yeah. when he got his, but they were apart. They were in a different group. So, gotcha. So, gotcha. So good story. We'll have it on again tonight at 11. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, what do you think make of this football game coming up here? Well, as we were talking about it too on uh, on Global News Hour. Every time the riders come here, there's it's a special excitement. Yeah. I mean, it used to be, uh, you know, you'd feel that on the Labor Day rematch uh, with Calgary. But, I mean... In recent years, I think you'd probably agree that you know there's it's a different feeling, and it's probably even exceeded the feeling of when Calgary comes back on the yeah. Labor Day rematch. Just because I mean the Riders have turned, you know, the franchise has, has turned into like a like a just a monster with their support, you know. Yeah. And I mean when when you get you know depending on you know how what time of year it is and mm-hmm. what day the game is you could be you're looking at anywhere between 7 and 14,000 fans driving in from you know Saskatchewan because a lot of those fans you know they'll they'll come say from Lloydminster or North Battleford mm-hmm. it's just as, it's just as close for them to come to Edmonton as it is to drive to Regina. That's a good point. So they, they mark it on the calendar. It's yeah. August 25th, we're taking the road trip. It's uh, harder though, like depending on, like I said, it depends where, where the day falls because now you got harvest, you got other things to, you know, is it's, it's Friday, you, am I going to take off an extra day, things yeah. like that. So it all just depends on when, when the day falls and the game falls. I think it, it's always a given when you look at the Eskimo schedule that they there's always a game against the Riders. In the in the summertime, yeah, because it's just it's an automatic draw. I mean, pure later tackle hunger night is that night. It's a chance for you to you know it's a chance for them to get big numbers. Um, it just makes sense, and it, it's I think it's a fun rivalry mm-hmm. myself. And I'm sure there's the pocket of Eskimo fans and a pocket of Rider fans that can't stand each other. But when I look at the the rivalry with the Stampeders, I think it's a little bit more. You know, a little bit more serious and a little bit more... Uh, historic. Historic, yeah. yeah. You know. But the riders come to town. It seems to be a different vibe. It's it's it, a lot of fun. And the thing with Calgary is, you know, for 
so many years, it used to be the, the two games in five days, right? Yeah. So you'd have it Monday to Friday. And then for a lot of years that the Eskimos, you know, they would go to the kids first week back of school. The Eskimo players would go to the kids themselves. Mm-hmm. Here's your ticket. Bring your parent. You get in free. And now you got 45,000, 50,000 people there. Yeah. So there was that different element too. And let's face it, the the Ryder fans, like you said, they're well-traveled. Um, and as as far as uh, I'm trying to think of a comparison of of the Riders uh, to another team, the only team that comes up is Green Bay. Is yeah, Green yeah. Bay is good. Or even in in hockey, you know, the Leafs travel everywhere; they're yeah. all over the place. But football is a different vibe, though. Yeah, I mean, Green, I mean, Green Bay is in the sense where you have the small market. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the stadium, and I mean, it's basically you know it's a community owned team. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the element of I don't know what the population of Green Bay is, but, you know, there's a, you know, people are, when your child is born, they are put on the waiting list for tickets <laughs> in Green Bay. You know, that's what happens. Yep. So, I mean, in, in Regina now, they're, you know, obviously they're selling out well and they're doing well attendance-wise. The stadium's great. Now they have to worry about the product getting better. Yeah, for sure. Um, when we talk about rivalry and we, I think this has replaced the Stampeders as being the number one rival. We always like to say, and I, I do believe it, the, the biggest regular season game is always Labor Day in Calgary. Now, <laughs> Eskimos haven't done very well in that game when you go back to 2005, you know, when they, I think they won several games in a row up to 2005. Since 2006, they've only won twice. Mm-hmm. And there's been occasions where they have, like, really have got their butts whooped. Like, last year they lost by, I believe, 20 points. Yeah. There was the 50-to-whatever game back in 2010. So what I'm saying is, you know, that Labor Day rematch game used to have a lot of hype to it because, oh, wow, you know, they, you, you know if the Eskimos win, this is a chance to sweep the Stampeders. But lately it's been, oh, we lost, and it's a little frustrating. So I don't know if the hype of the, of the rematch game is is like it was earlier and like you say it's a different day now when it was two and five and that friday night game that was always so anticipated because it was like well how are they going to make it through that game after beating the heck out of each other on monday but i think with the with the series not being very even over the last number of years i wonder if it affects the rematch game too the the difference that this year is um compared to years past is how the records have been in just in the entire league. So just think about out east with their rematch that's going to happen Hamilton and Toronto, mm-hmm. what they have. You know, back then you'd kind of go, well, okay, here we are. The real season kind of takes over on Labor Day. That's what yeah. a, a lot of CFL, like big wigs say. They, they, they look at the, they break the segments down in six games, and now you're pushing at seven, eight. Now you're going to play your Labor Day game somewhere around your, you know, game eight or nine, somewhere in there, depending on your buys. And the difference this year is that the records are so unbalanced. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, you used to say, the, the, you know, like that could be a turning point of the season of how you're, and, and NFL cuts, you know, they're coming in, yeah. you know, in uh, 10 days or whatever it is. So you're going to fill your, the rest of your team out. You're at this point of the year, you're halfway through, you're going to see injuries. And it's been different in that sense too. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's a different feeling that I get with the, with the Eskimos just because of their record, and and Calgary's basically got the same record too. Yeah, you know, so 
I mean, this is we're in for three terrific weeks of football here. I agree with you. You know, three terrific weeks. And for the Riders, I mean, for the Eskimos, it's big because they're at the top of the standings, and they got now the Bombers now chasing them as well. Mm-hmm. And you got the, uh, the the Calgary Stampeders that are also on their heels, and it, that's how it shakes down is it's Edmonton, Calgary, and, and, Winnipeg, and Winnipeg, separated yeah. by two points. That's it. That tie really messed things up in week one in Ottawa. It, with it the might have messed things up, Dave, but it might make, make things really interesting that's true. coming home. That's you true. Know? Because now... Uh, depending on what your records are head to head, yeah, you know you might say okay that point you could finish a point behind, you could finish point ahead. That's a good point. You know, so it's going to be. I think it on the last week or so of the season. I'm, I'm not sure who's playing whom at that point as far as mm-hmm. Calgary and and Edmonton is, but that could be very very key in how the standings shape up for sure. Then you got the Lions in fourth at five and four, and they've really fallen on hard times lately. Well, and, but, and that's the thing. And they're just as good as anyone if they can pick things up, you know. Yeah. If they get get things together, you know, they're an imbalanced team right now. Yeah. So just think if they were right in the mix here now, but then everyone else would be down a game or two here as well, yeah. just with how it would work out. And what really makes this game scary, and it's not necessarily the injuries the Eskimos have suffered, and I know they're going to lose two more Probably on Friday, Hazelton probably won't play, and yeah. Brandon Thompson won't play, but they'll get some guys back like Zilstra and Gary Peters and Arjun Colhoun as well, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully an Amando Sewell. Um, the scary thing is that the Riders, you got to think, they're looking at their schedule or they're looking at their standing. They're in last place right now, but they're three and four. This is a huge game for them because their Labor Day series is coming up with the yeah. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Exactly, and that's, you know, one. Being from Saskatchewan, I, I'm just kind of going off on a little tangent here, but years and years ago, when the riders were really bad, you know, they would. there was a, a period of about 10 years where it was just terrible. Yeah. And But as long as you won that Labor Day game against Winnipeg, people in Saskatchewan were, were okay. Yeah. But obviously expectations now have changed and things like that. But it was so bad years and years ago. Win that one game and then... Well, we'll see what happens the rest of the way, but you know, yeah. it just it because you know the crops are starting to come off. Now everyone's going back to school. You win that game, and everyone was happy for, you know, seemed the rest of the year. <laughs> seemed the rest of the year. But there was yeah. an old writer. I don't know if I've ever told you the story. I've told it on the air uh, before, but there was an old sports writer at the Regina Leader Post. Uh, he went on to be the editor. Bob Hughes was his name. Mm-hmm. So he wrote. He basically covered the, the Rough Riders for many, many, many years. So when they started going in the toilet really bad. In the, you know, probably eight, 1980, no, it be, they lost the Great Cup in 76 to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And then a little after that, you know, then Lancaster and Reed were done. And then for 12 years, it was bad. And he started this column called the Reign of Error instead of the Reign of Terror. <laughs> well, it started, then it was one, two, three, four, and now it was up to 12 years or so. That's wow. how bad it was, <laughs> you know, Jeez. so a yeah. long time ago. A lot of lean years and... In uh, Ryderville, yeah. for sure. I, I was asked this question uh, on a. I was on a radio station in Regina, hosted by Rod Peterson, who is the voice of the Riders. He said, "Is the Chris Jones story a story still?" And I said, "Hmm, I don't. It's not a. It's not the major story anymore. But I do wonder if there's a little bit." With the rivalry, and considering what happened with Chris Jones and leaving, and we don't need to rehash mm-hmm. it, but I go, I, I, there's probably it probably helped the rivalry because there's a little bit of an underlay there with fans. What, what, what do you I think? I would of say it, right? it's nearing the one of the final chapters. Yeah, I would say it's just got a little life in it. 
a bit, but um, one of the reasons maybe that it has some life in in Edmonton is because the riders were poor last year. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, they're not doing great again this year, but, you know, there's some pieces there. They've got some decent players. Um, you know, if the, maybe it gets rekindled again next year if all of a sudden it's the riders and the Eskimos that are going toe-to-toe. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, I mean, there's so much turnover as far as coaches and players going from team to team. When you only got nine teams, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, Kevin Kevin Glenn will attest to that. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, uh, I I think it's just human nature for a lot of us in the media or fans to go, is there still something going on there? I, I would say that if you asked, the major players, they'd say, no, it's it's been put to bed. Yeah, I think it, if, if it was still a storyline, and it shouldn't be a storyline, I think, but it also would discredit what Jason Moss has done this year, who has to be the leading candidate for yeah, Coach of the no Year. no question about it. So it is uh, 718. Kevin Carey from Global Sports in studio right now. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Kirk Jensen and Jaden Smith from the 2003 Team Alberta uh, Inline team. Yes, we're going to talk a little roller hockey. They won a big tournament, the uh, AAA North American Roller Hockey Championships. We'll uh, be joined by them as well. And uh, Kevin's here till 8 o'clock, so we got lots to uh, bat around here. We're going to have some fun here on a uh, hot summer night in August, this Wednesday, August the 23rd. Campbell in for Wilkins on Inside Sports. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. It is 7.22, Wednesday night edition of 630 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins, I'll be in tomorrow night. Tee up for the uh, big game on Friday, the Edmonton Eskimos and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 7.30 is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. We'll have countdown to kickoff starting at 6 o'clock. So we're seeing more divisional matchups for the Eskimos. Uh, they played five games against the East already, won them all. I know uh, a lot of people in Winnipeg were telling me, well, that's the reason why they're 7-0. and And I'm like, well, partly you're right, but hey, you play your schedule, you have to win. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of talk again. Um, and it seems to be the traditional, should there be one division talk or, you know, in the Canadian Football League? Because the East Division is off to their uh, annual slow start. Toronto's the best team in the in the division at four and five. Then I believe the Alouettes are three and six. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the Red Blacks have two wins, one tie. They could just as easily win the division still. Exactly. And then you have Hamilton, who mm-hmm. are the weak sisters at 0-8. So... Should there be one division? I, I would say yes. I would vote for it in a second. I think it's uh, it's not a great thing to have. Let's just say it is Toronto that finishes. Uh, let's go nine and nine. Mm-hmm. Let's go nine and nine. I, I just I totally disagree with them getting a first round bye. Maybe they could figure something out that with a different sort of crossover. I mean, mm-hmm. total different uh, than what happens now. But maybe you're rewarding a better team. Let, let's just say. Let's say Calgary or Edmonton goes, let's go for the sake of argument, 14 and 4. Mm-hmm. And then Calgary goes, they would be uh, with a tie, uh, 13, 4 and 1. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 13, 4 and 1. Well, maybe Calgary should somehow get over there and go in the crossover. This yeah. is just off the top of my head, just because you're rewarding them and you're you're not necessarily rewarding the fourth place team in the West who might be nine and nine. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe there's some sort of formula that could work then in that sense. But if you're going to do that, then just have the one division. You in. know, it's it's funny to hear the two schools of thought, thought because when you talk to people in you know who covered. CFL in the West, like you and I, it's absolutely, it, it makes the most sense. You mm-hmm. talk to someone in the East who covers an Eastern CFL team, it's, uh-uh, no way, we can't have that because by Labor Day, interest would just tune out. And I go, I get that. You get a better team. Exactly. And I think you got to, the league has to somehow put more pressure on the general managers and football operations departments of four Eastern teams to say, you guys got to get better. Because I'm not necessarily accusing them of, of not, you know, not stepping up to the plate here and, and, you know, improving their team like they should. But there seems to be this, well, well look, look at the East for, for so many years, Kevin. What, I, who's the last dominant team in the East? Yeah, I think, I think it, well, for sure Toronto. Yeah. Uh, but for sure Toronto and a little bit of Montreal right mm-hmm. now, I think those two teams are dying on the vine. Yeah. And I mean, Hamilton... Just disregard the the Thai Cats record. You know they still. You know they got a you know a good owner. They yeah. have a pretty good stadium. They're like Ottawa. Like there's there was something fresh because of the new buildings that came in. Uh, Toronto tried it with a new building. It hasn't worked. Won't mm-hmm. work. It'll never work. I I would be. I'm a I'm a adamant proponent of of the CFL leaving Toronto. Find find another place if you want to go somewhere else. It just doesn't work there. Um, and. Uh, Again, Montreal, to me, is dying on the vine as well, just mm-hmm. like Toronto is. Now, if Toronto left, would that not hurt the CFL? Because that's know. where the corporate base well, is, right? Put the corporate base somewhere else. Yeah. You know. Well, they should have gotten smart because I, I know the Mississauga idea has come mm-hmm. up. Why not build a stadium in Mississauga? I'm going, that's a great idea. I wish someone would have thought of that 20 years ago. Because that, that works. Make it more rural. Get yeah. it out of Toronto. What are we going to get down to for attendance before? I don't know. Like, I mean, in Toronto. I mean, that's sixteen thousand. That's great. But what will they have on Labor Day? Uh, but is that great? I, you know, no, it's not. No, it's that's really, really bad. Well, because the last game they had eleven, so right. it's now sixteen. That's great. It's, it's, and it's <laughs> not right. And you can't, you can't um, have a team in the biggest market drawing fifteen thousand people. And what? And so for Labor Day. Uh, that's they, they they play game one in in Hamilton, right? Yeah. Then back on game two, so they'll have a lot of Hamilton fans that would go to Toronto. That might save their bacon. It might, but it's still you're, what is it? You're only twenty four, twenty five thousand in there. Yeah. So. Good point. Kevin Curious joins us here on his regular Wednesday night segment. Back with more inside sports in a moment. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Welcome back to the final half hour of 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. Out of town scoreboard. The Blue Jays trying to snap a five-game losing streak, and they want to make it suspenseful. They are up 6-4. Is it four games? I think four. Yeah. Oh, four. Okay. Oh, yes. That's Three right. in Chicago and then... Trying to avoid a yeah. five-game losing streak. And as usual, Kevin, they're making it dramatic. Uh, they they were up 5 nothing. Yeah. Mm. And that was 6-6, six, six, bottom of the seventh yeah. inning. So Tampa does it to them all the time. What? You know, it, I don't know what it is either. It's funny. You know, you know certain Stroman venues... Was sailing along, it's 5 nothing, and 
they had three three home runs hit that I saw when I, at work, at, you yeah. know, when the game started, and then I come over here and it's tied up. <laughs> <laughs> and they they don't have the depth any, anymore no. in, in pitching, and they're you know they're bringing up guys that are uh, you know they're they're borderline major leaguers, and yeah. you know, they're you know they're probably better minor leaguers right now, and but uh, they got no one else. Well, you probably knew in the off season when you're you know dealing for Steve Pierce to be the replacement. He's been good. For, yeah, he's he been has been good. good. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, you know, uh, Smokes had a career year, and it just, you know, and I, I, I said this to Reed a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, you could look at it similar, you know, last year the Jays had a tremendous season. Yeah. And they had all of their pitchers basically stayed healthy. They all had very, very good years. Mm-hmm. Some had career years. A lot of their, you know, infielders, like Josh Donaldson was outstanding. Some other guys had career years um you know they avoided a lot of injuries and the i said a lot of oiler fans should take notice of that because things can turn around in a second you know you you lose a couple of guys to injury and then all of a sudden you have two or three or four guys that had career years because there were a good six seven of oiler guys that had career years just off the top of your head for sure now those guys come down a little bit makes it a lot lot tougher and i mean and you know so just a kind of a little analogy between the two yeah it's a good point uh speaking of hockey we're gonna talk about hockey of a different kind uh maybe something that uh you know a brand of hockey that we haven't heard for a while i know certainly i haven't but uh we're joined by two members of the 2003 team alberta uh winners of the triple a north american roller hockey championship we're uh, pleased to be joined by uh kirk jensen uh head coach hi kirk Hey Dave, how are you? Good, how are you? Fantastic. And we're also joined by uh, Jaden Smith, who is uh, the captain of the team. Hello, Jaden. Hi, how are you? It's great. Uh, doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, first off, Kirk uh, and Jaden, first off, congratulations on the big win. Yeah, thank you very much, Dave. You went down to State Wars 13. It was a tournament uh, in Taylor, Michigan from July 26th to 29th. Now, before we talk about the win, can you explain the team name? 2003 Team Alberta. What does that mean? Yeah, okay, I can. Uh, Dave, what that is is the for the North American Championships down at State Wars, uh, they do it by birth year. So, okay. uh, for example, they have teams down there. I believe it was 320 this year, which was a record, Whew. and 3,000 players. Um, and they have from two, birth year 2010. Uh, to Masters, which I believe is 45 and over. Okay, so they they basically placed the birth year in front of the uh, in front of the team name. So exactly, gotcha. and that was the 2003 birth year. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. There you yep. go. That clears it up. So uh, tell me about the big win. And this is, by the way, your second straight win at this event. Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> Do you want to go ahead with that, Jaden? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Pretty big win for our team, two in a row. Um, it was really good teams down there, and yeah, it, we had a better, really good team, and we won North American Championship twice, yeah. which is a really big deal. Now your competition, there were 13 states and provinces, right? Yeah, that that was in our division, Dave. Um, right. And again, like all the big ones, you got Southern California, um, in Missouri, Wisconsin. Pennsylvania, New York, and obviously the big one down there is Michigan. They're kind of our perennial power every year, and uh, we were right there in that state. 
right in their home barn. So it was, uh, again, another battle royale with those boys. It's uh, always a classic when we get hooked up. And a very fast tournament. I mean, this is a four-day tournament. So, how many games? How many games do you play? I guess in the like in the preliminary round and in in into the playoffs. Yeah, and just to be clear on that, Dave, is that the 2003 birth year was from July 26th to 29th. The tournament goes from about July 25th, let's say, to August 7th. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Jane, you want to go ahead there and say uh, the different teams we played and over the days? Um, the first day. We played against Wisconsin, and we played against Ontario, and we beat Ontario and lost against Wisconsin. And then the second day, we played against New Jersey and Colorado, and we beat them both. Hmm. Very good. And that was a round robin, and then we went to playoffs and won against North Carolina, and then beat Michigan Red in semifinals, and then we went to finals and beat Michigan White. How popular is the sport down there in some of those United States uh, um, areas that you were talking about compared to here just because of the weather and, and facilities? Yeah, that's a good question. The um, Especially like in, in California and Southern California in particular, they actually have outdoor rinks that have the sport court on it that they play year-round. And teams like the Anaheim Ducks and uh, the San Jose Sharks actually uh, sponsor a lot of the uh, roller hockey teams and leagues um, and have camps and things like that for them. So they're very, uh, you know, big on it there all year round. And then uh, in the northeast, it's uh, very popular, again, with Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and the Midwest. Uh, and then down south, uh, they seem to be getting stronger all the time as well. Uh, I think Georgia won the uh, AA championship this year, and uh, North Carolina was... Uh, Again, as Jaden said, we beat them in the four or five games. So uh, it's it's popular in different pockets, but and up here, it's getting more and more popular. In fact, uh, for the first time, we're having actually a winter league for our junior adults. Oh, good. No, oh, good. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Now, yeah. the, the other one I wanted to kind of mention on is uh, you said over 300 teams at, at in, in entire for for this tournament. Was That's right, 320. 320. So what kind of facility did they have uh, with, the, with the amount of games that they had to run and things like that? Yeah. Go ahead there, Jaden. You can um, The facility had three rinks, and the, there is two periods that are each 12 minutes long. So you're able to get a lot of games in quick and kind of, I guess, get the schedule done quickly, I guess, eh, with all those games? Yeah. Yeah. What would the style of play? Would it be quite offensive? Do you kind of can you play a little defensive? How does it work? Like, are you are you pressing? Are you pushing the play? Well, yeah, with with inline, it's a really a. And you, they actually had a professional league there or professional division uh, at uh, the championships this year, where teams came from all over the uh, U.S. and Canada, and even some came from Sweden, the U.K. And you, when you watch them, it's really a possession game, Dave. Um, you, you want to control the puck. It's, it's very similar to when you're watching, let's say, three-on-three three in overtime in the NHL. Oh, okay. You'll see the guys, uh, they'll even sacrifice, you know, being in the offensive zone for possession, and they'll all reset coming back and then move again forward. So it's not like you're pressing. It's, it's a patience game, but when you see a spot uh, or a hole uh, to go for, um, you definitely jump into it and you, and you attack. 
We're joined by Kirk Jensen, the head coach of the 2003 Team Alberta uh, AAA North American Roller Hockey Championships down at the uh, State Wars 13 one last month. And also Jaden Smith, who is the captain of the team here tonight on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell along with Kevin Carius uh, with you uh, tonight. Now, Jaden, I know you played ice hockey uh, for a while and you also played roller hockey. Uh, last summer, you decided to quit ice hockey in favor of focusing on roller hockey. Can you speak about uh, that decision? And uh, yeah, first speak about that decision. What what gravitated you towards roller hockey? I just really enjoy roller hockey. It's a lot of fun to play. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit better at roller hockey, so it's just more fun, I guess. I guess what what's the what's the aspect of roller hockey you think that you're I guess better at than than ice hockey. I guess just there's more uh, room in roller hockey, more space, so I can just carry the puck more and go to the net. What are the opportunities for you, Jaden? I mean, if you're, I guess you're 14 years old, I guess. Um, now, what do you go up to the next level, and will there be, you know, a similar? Are there a league around that you can play in, things like that? Yeah, you can play in Mississauga, where I, well, I'm from Whitby. So if I go up to Mississauga, you can play. Um, uh, in a high school league up there, so I'm probably going to do that next year. Okay. Uh, you played lacrosse as well, right, Jaden? I did when I was younger, yeah. Okay. How important is that, do you think, that you played, you know, you, you, you played another sport other than hockey to kind of, I guess, did that help in your development? Um, I think it just made me a little bit stronger, and lacrosse is a really tough sport, so, yeah. Didn't wear much equipment in that, so probably made me stronger. Yeah. There's also world championships for this, isn't there, Kirk? And you were the GM of the, the Canadian entry. Yeah, um, yeah, we were in uh, Bratislava, Slovakia there this year with the uh, national team uh, that's associated with Hockey Canada. We're big supporters of roller hockey. And, uh, yeah, we've uh, won a number of gold medals. Uh, we're always right up there with um, the rest of the world. But, yeah, it was a great experience for myself just being there and seeing the level of play. And, uh, you know, you see NHL players... You know that are on Team Canada. You, uh, uh, Lundqvist, he played for Sweden one year. The Swedes won it. Alex Hemsky, you'll see there. It's uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I'll also just kind of um, a little bit on that question that Jaden t- uh, had about um, leaving hockey for a while and then going to inline. There's a gentleman named Mason Mitchell who who gave up hockey as well um, to play roller hockey. He went up to the University of Alaska and uh, uh, didn't come back into hockey until the midget years. And he just recently was uh, signed as a kind of a walk-on free agent by the Washington Capitals. Oh, okay. And the other thing is, too, is that there's a lot of scholarships that are available. I think there's 84 colleges in the NCAA that uh, play in line for roller hockey. Wow. Yeah. Um- I, the question just popped into my head here. Is there any talk about this becoming an Olympic sport at some point? Uh, I, you know, it's interesting at the IIHF meetings that I had when I was with uh, Team Canada there. It's something that's being considered, but um, uh, I, I think there just has to be a little more structure um, at the national level and the international level. But it, it's something that uh, they talk about. But obviously to get into the Olympics, it's a big step. And there's got to be a lot of I's dotted and T's crossed, but uh, hopefully one day. And with that, the World Championships, when you're talking, Dave, uh, in 2019, Canada was awarded the uh, World Championships. Okay, excellent. Yeah, and there's a good chance it could be uh, in Alberta here. 
Very so, good, very good. Yeah, so it was fantastic. Who else is in the running for uh, for hosting in in Canada? Well, uh, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary. Those okay. are the three that I've heard. Um, that uh, and again, you know, with Hockey Canada being in Calgary and they, with the facilities they have, uh, it would be in 2019, probably middle of June. So it's away from the stampede and things like that. So uh, that's probably the the front front runner. Very cool. Now, yeah. Jaden, you say you're you're in Whitby now, right? You're Whitby, Ontario. Yes, I am. Were you from Alberta at one point? I was born in Whitby, and then I moved to Alberta, and then I moved back. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. so there you go. So a little bit of travel for you involved, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a committed young man. He came all the way to Alberta um, to uh, try out for the team uh, back in May, and that's when we put the team together. So he's uh, got a he's a committed young man. Uh, his father is my assistant coach, Brian Smith, uh, great guy, and we work together well, and uh, we're lucky to have him. You're talking to probably one of the best 14-year-old inline players in the world right now, so that's we're great. lucky to have him. Right on. Well, congratulations once again on, on the win, uh, winning the uh, AAA North American Roller Hockey Championships uh, with the 2003 Team Alberta. Uh, Kirk, if, if someone listening right now wants you know, more information on, uh, on inline hockey, is there anything they can do? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Uh, there's leagues like in Lethbridge, Grand Prairie, Red Deer, Calgary, and Edmonton. Um, for the Edmonton, I know it's edmontoninline.ab.ca for more information, or you can go to the provincial website, which is AMRA, A-M-R-H-A, Alberta Minor Roller Hockey Association, .com, and uh, get information there. They, we start up in uh, April and go through June, uh, unless you're going through with Team Alberta, and then we go play into July. But it's a great spring option for kids. You can put together your own teams, uh, friends play with friends, and you're tiered throughout the year, so by the time playoffs hits, you're playing the same type of team, and it's a great sport. It's something that I <laughs> didn't know anything about. Jesus, what's it been about ten years ago? And uh, I kind of uh, was signing Michael up for another sport, and the lady said to me that I coached in hockey. So why don't you try this inline thing? I go, what is that? <laughs> and I can tell you, it was a great, uh, a great turn in the road for us. Uh, we've had a lot of great experiences, and like you said, winning back-to-back North American championships is almost unheard of if, if well first Alberta team and first Canadian team to do that so very proud for sure well congratulations Kirk congratulations Jaden and thank, thank you. you very much for joining us here tonight all right David hey take care of that back would you I will yes I will thank you okay. very much uh yes the back the back is hanging in there folks uh Kirk Jensen and also uh Jaden Smith from uh, Team Alberta uh 2003 Team Alberta who won the uh, AAA North American Roller Hockey Championships so that's kind of neat. Uh, inline hockey seems to be hockey's little secret. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that because hockey is becoming, you know, the sport of hockey at a competitive level is becoming almost too much Yeah. with the players and the kids playing year-round and basically not even, I mean, you're, you know, you're watching tournaments here in Plymouth, Michigan for the World Juniors in, you know, late July and things like that. I mean, this is a nice break. I, 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 I wish that hockey would take a little more time off. Yeah, in in between seasons, but, but she's such a business now. I mean, you know, the kids yeah. have the personal trainers at uh, fourteen years old, and they're playing year round. So, yeah, no Unfor- unfortunately, it goes that way because I'm sure a lot of those kids would like to take a little more time off and go try something like this or For try sure. play baseball or something in the in the summer. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think trying one sport is uh, detrimental. Yeah, I think it's uh, the wrong way to go for sure. So, you know, when Jaden says he tried out lacrosse, and I'm sure there might be another sport he tried too. No, but I'm sure he played hockey too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he so said he did. So That's good for the development yeah. for sure. It's uh, 10 to 8. Back with more. We'll wrap up uh, Inside Sports for this Wednesday evening in a moment. Campbell in for Wilkins. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. That's Adarius Bowman. Probably won't see him on Friday. You likely will see him on Labor Day, however. Um, well, depending on where you sit on uh, this topic, uh, do you, do you, have you heard the big fight? <laughs> Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. This Friday, or this Saturday, I guess, in Las Vegas. McGregor says Mayweather will regret agreeing to this fight once it starts. You should have left me over on that other game that I'm from, that more ruthless game where we bounce heads off the canvas and drilled them into the floor. You should have left me where I was because because this man is not on my level. He's not even a quarter of the man I am. Oh, but Mayweather says I'm ready for you, Connor. But one thing about me, I got a granite chin. But remember this, the same way you give it, you have to be able to take it. <laughs> so much hype. Too much hype. Too much hype. Yeah. That uh, four-day tour they did, that was just an embarrassment. Well, and that's why, in my opinion on this fight, I have a partial interest in it. Not enough to spend $100 on it. And that four-day tour really turned me off. Because honestly, when the fight was announced, I was going, hmm, interesting. Because I never thought it would happen. Then I see this four-day tour, and I'm going, this is like professional uh, wrestling here. Yeah, it was worse. Yeah. It was probably worse than watching, because uh, you're a big wrestling guy, too. Yes, so. I am. Yeah, but I think you understand in how to comprehend the difference between the two. Yep. No, I've, I, I, I never really got into it. I, I won't watch it on Saturday. Um one thing I'd be interested, and and we, it's all about money. We everyone knows that. I mean, if if it's going to be two hundred and twenty-five to two hundred and fifty million for Mayweather, I mean, at a for forty years old or whatever he is, that's a nice way to go out. Yep. And for McGregor to pick up a hundred mil, I mean, that's pretty good night's work for sure. Yeah. But when you when you separate the two, you know, the boxing fans and the MMA fans. There's a big, big gap between the two of how they like and perceive their sports. The one thing that I maybe a viewer or listener could uh, send something in is, I'd like to know for the total amount of pay-per-view, how many pay-per-view fans are MMA fans, mm-hmm. and how many are boxing fans. So, like I, like there is a percentage to say, ninety percent of the three hundred million dollars of pay-per-view right. are coming from MMA fans, and ten percent from boxing. I think that would be an interesting. Um, um, take. Yeah, I don't they, know if there's a way to find that out. It's a good argument too, because you probably say there's more mixed martial arts fans than there are. Well, boxing there are fans now right because now. boxing's kind of dying in a lot of yeah. senses too. So exactly, Kevin. Hey, appreciate it. Love My it. first time here hosting when you've been down. Oh, so it's good. Yes. All right. Thanks, man. Enjoy that football game on Friday night. I'm going as a fan. Ah, well, have fun. Oh yeah. What's that like? Anyway, <laughs> we got the game for you right here on Friday. 7.30 kickoff, 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff right here on 6.30 Chet. I'm back tomorrow for another two hours of Inside Sports. See you then. 6.30 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chet.